All right, so we're back. Uh, gonna begin to do a breakdown of a poem that I haven't put out anywhere yet. Uh, the plan is to record this poem over the next or in the next uh, the next few weeks. Uh, but I felt like it would be helpful for me personally, uh, and it would be a cool idea to do a lyrical breakdown of the poem um, leading up to the recording and uh, publishing of this poem. Typically, I record my own poems just on my phone, in my room, at my house, uh, and post them on Instagram. Uh, but this this poem, I'm trying to, I'm attempting to have recorded professionally uh, with, a, with a videographer and have it uh, post-edited uh, professionally and so hopefully it turns out in terms of aesthetic in terms of quality of, of um, in terms of artistic quality it turns out at a much higher degree of, of quality and and artistry uh, and visual and audio quality um, so hopefully that all goes well if so then this will be a if, if nothing else it'll just be a cool way for me to to mentally process through the lines of the poem leading up to the recording of the poem uh, with the hopes that um, it brings more vibrancy and more present mindedness to each line as I as I'm going to spend uh, several days memorizing the poem. Uh, that process is typically a for me uh, because this poem is about five minutes, six minutes long in length based on previous experiences of memorize, writing and memorizing poems that are five, six minutes long in length, I typically take um, anywhere from six to nine days to memorize that length of a poem uh, by pure rote memory. And so uh, that process is going to begin for me sometime, sometime here soon in the next few days. Uh, and so the unfortunate part about that style of memory is... Oftentimes, uh, it, it's it's effective in embedding the words, the flow, the 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 um yeah, just the pure words into my mind by pure rote memory, by pure memorization. Unfortunately, what happens for me when I do that um, is that I I go into a very robotic autopilot mode, uh, and I could say the poem. What'll happen is I'll 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 recite the poem upwards of seventy times, fifty to seventy times, um, and and uh, of course as you can imagine, somewhere in the thirtieth range, fortieth time reciting it range, uh, it it loses meaning for me personally as as I'm reciting it because my mind is learning not to associate meaning, significance and background to the lines and the words however my mind is understanding that i want to be able to uh off the cuff perform the perform the words and the sounds and just the pure semantic of my mouth producing sounds of the poem uh at the drop of a hat um and so this will be a cool way something i've never done before of me really working through the words so that hopefully when I perform this for the video, it comes out in a more vibrant manner. It comes out in a more uh, meaningful manner. If not, then nothing else is just a cool way for me to mentally process through the ideas and to 
kind of solidify and to put into concrete feeling some of the thoughts and ambiguous uh, emotions of this poem that I haven't really fleshed through. I haven't really sat down to flesh through um, with myself and just thinking what oftentimes I'll write something um, and it sounds good and I know that it feels good and it's poetically appropriate or artistically appropriate. Uh, and and then I'll put the poem away and I'll come back to it weeks, months, even years later and reread the poem and come across a line or several and go, what, what, what did I mean by that line? And I have to sit there and for several minutes I'll, I'll dialogue with and discourse with myself and uh, usually typically come to the conclusion, I'll almost always come to the conclusion of what I meant and what I implied by that line. Um, and so this poem is something I wrote... Um, I want to say five or six years ago, um, stumbled upon this opportunity to utilize a professional videographer. And so I uh, dug into the archives, went immediately to this poem. I've spent the past three or four days revising this poem, uh, tightening it up so that the lines so of the flow of it, the delivery, the cadence, the prose, um, the spacing between words and rhyming between ideas that the that the connection of images um is as eloquent is as excellent is as uh perfect by my standard as i could possibly get it over the uh, that i could possibly get it um given the circumstance of um have it it basically being anywhere from 60 to 70 percent of what, what i wanted in a completed project a completed poetry piece a poem um, and only having so much time to allow myself to revise and edit and change and perfect before I have to go into memorization mode. Um, so this is a poem I dug up from several years ago that I wrote several years ago. Uh, the background of this poem is um, I wrote it initially as if it were a poetry piece that I would deliver on my wedding day to my would then be wife. Um and then it, it, it turned into a five or six minute, seven minute soliloquy that I thought um, I would just use later on. Still that being the, the perspective from which I write it, a, a groom speaking to his new bride about the joys and the, and the beauties he anticipates in marriage and life with her. Um, but it more so just turned into a personal thing rather than something I anticipated to use. It turned into a personal um, uh almost like a guilty pleasure of uh, a way for me to um, play with, verbalize, vocalize, and in a poetic manner, uh, play in the idea and the fantasy of a wedding day. Um, and so again, one, one of the reasons why me working through this poem is going to be cool, going to be different, is because whenever I, again, having to memorize a six-minute poem, it loses the feeling and the meaning. Just like if literally you could try this out right now pick a word that you that you know has meaning any word that you use on a daily basis or not and just repeat it a hundred times literally just keep saying it a hundred two hundred three hundred times keep saying the word over and over and over and all of a sudden your mind will shift from the meaning that the word holds to my mind my mouth is now producing a sound that sounds funny and it has lost all meaning and and now it just feels like this foreign sound that is coming out of my mouth that I used to to as a symbol for something that had significance and meaning behind it. Uh, typically when I do my one minute poems, which is the vast majority of what I've done on Instagram, 
I memorize it by way of telling a story in my head. And so I think about the words in the poem. I attach images or a story as if I'm walking down a path or walking down a street or walking along somewhere. And I begin to see these images in succession of each other. And I tie the images together. So if I start the line off, if I start a poem off that has a line about water or waves or ocean, I literally picture the ocean in my head. And then if I go from the ocean to a line about the stars and the moons or the galaxies or the or the or the planets, I then in the story look from the waves and go from the setting of the waves and look up into the skies and, Im- and imagine the moon and the stars and the planets. And so that is and I, I, I follow that process, that linear process of image to image to image in order to. And so you typically when I perform my poems, at least for Instagram and they're a one minute long poem. I can use that idea of images um, and it, it feels a little more vibrant when I do it. Uh, but with this, again, the rote memory takes a lot of that away. And so hopefully this serves to, to accomplish a goal of um, keeping it fresh in my mind as I, as I laboriously labor to memorize it by pure rote memory uh, over the next uh, few weeks. And so, again, this is intended to be a lyrical breakdown. Um, and so it's going to be very, it's gonna, I'm, I'm going to go very slow. I, I think what's going to happen is because this poem is so long, I'm actually going to end up publishing the poem and be somewhere about 30 seconds to a minute, maybe if not less, into, the, into this lyric breakdown. We're going to do it in pieces and segments. So this will be the first segment. Um, and it'll, what will end up happening is I'll probably, make it about, I'll probably only make it about anywhere from... 15 to 30 seconds to a minute in before the poems actually finish and then i'll just continue to do this as like episodes of breaking down the lines of the poem um and so what i'll do is i'll do lyric breakdowns that are, that are accompanied by my the personal background of my life of why that why i wrote that lyric that way um why that lyric means means to me what it means uh the, the, a little bit of storytelling about my life who I was growing up as a child that influenced, number one, me, the creation of that line from me as a person. Also, number two, why that line means what it means in the context of who I am now based on who I was leading up to this moment. Um, so it's going to be very, uh, very drawn out. But uh, uh, this is if this is if that's something that uh, would be of, of interest, then uh, here we go. So the first line of or the title of the poem is called For My Future Wife. I already gave a little bit of that background. I started this initially as if it were to be performed by me or with the idea of the story of the context of the background of this is a groom speaking to his wife on their wedding night or wedding day in front of the wedding ceremony as if it were like vows or as if it were the story he were telling on the on the day of the wedding in front of the in front of whoever gathered at the wedding. So title for my future wife, um, the opening line being, uh, dearly beloved, we gather with reason of love. Um, and so several ideas here. One idea being um, my my ideas and definitions of love growing up versus my ideas and definitions of love now. Um, why I start with the two words, dearly beloved. Uh, and then why it's that, why is it in this, why is it the setting? Why is that line, the setting for the rest of, why is it that, why is that the, the opening, the setup for the presentation of this poem, dearly beloved, we gather with reason of love. 
So I'll touch on why is that the opening and the setting. So my natural, my natural proclivity, my natural capacity, and my natural um, talent for poems was to pontificate, was to just put words together, thread words together in a, an eloquent manner. Uh, and I did that for a long time. And I got to a place where uh, I felt a lack in my poems. I felt a deficiency in my poems. And I realized that I wanted to tell. And this was started writing poetry or at least I started creative writing, writing songs, writing verses, writing poetry, uh, more verses, lyrics uh, when I was 11 years old. I'm currently 28. Started writing when I was 11. Started writing poetry or at least writing poetically when I was 14. What felt like to me what I would define as poetry. And uh, it was only maybe a year and a half, two years ago, if not a year ago, that I began to go through my poetry, review it, think about it, and think about uh, different songs, stories, plays, movies, books, pieces of literature and art that spoke to me and and began to ask myself if and why my art made me feel inspired, my poetry made me feel inspired in the way not to the degree, but in the way that great pieces of literature and arts made me feel inspired uh, in terms of like impact, in terms of um, beauty, in terms of of capturing me, in terms of captivating me. And if, if, they, if my own work didn't inspire me the way others' great works of art did, then why not? And um, I, I, come, I came to find out that no, I felt lacking, I felt a deficiency. And the why was because... Typically, when I get impacted or captivated or, or bewitched with or transfixed with a great work of art, it is typically because there is such a vibrant, clear, concise story that is present, that is that is um, intentional in the work of art that 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 reached out and grabbed me. Uh, the most obvious example of this was the the, the album or the soundtrack uh, which accompanies the Hamilton play, the Hamilton Broadway play that was written by Lin Manuel Miranda. Um, even, even in the even in the context of just one song, whether that one song is, uh, man, I forget the names of the songs. Um, but even in the context of individual songs in that album, there are miniature stories that are. Um, sufficient within themselves to serve as a miniature story. You could step into the beginning of the song and go from beginning to end of just that song and feel like you walked away with a concise, full story. And then those songs are then only miniature songs in the context of the greater album. And so the greater album from beginning to end is such a clear, concise, well-threaded, well-sewed, well-cut uh, fabric of a story um, that it was, it, it was, it was like... A collection of beautiful stories that were all um, incredibly impactful and captivating and transfixing within and of themselves and in their own respects that were enough on their own to stand alone and be impactful and beautiful and inspiring. And yet they came together to, to greater to construct a greater concise narrative, meta narrative that was one story, um, which really just really just uh, struck me as a, a great artistic feat that I had never seen accomplished to that degree uh, 
and 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 at least executed and performed in such a manner that was so impactful to me which was in the in the form of a album of something you could listen to in in an audible experience and so i realized okay i i here's this hamilton album here's all these other great works but here's this hamilton album which is the most which was the clearest explanation of why i felt the deficiency in my own art story a story is being told you rarely tell story um you usually pontificate and and tie together eloquent beautiful words but you rarely story as a means of expression so i began to for the over the past year or so year and a half ask of myself train myself attempt to teach myself how to story tell how to write a story i did that by thinking about what a story is thinking about stories that i love thinking about the construction or what it means to be a story what are the essential ingredients and elements i thought about uh, the context of how a college paper is supposed to be written and in essence what i came back to of course that is a simple and oversimplified explanation of what a story is is that a story is something with a beginning a middle and an end and if you think about that in the context of a college paper that you're supposed to write um the basic structure that i was taught you know this is from the movie i think seven pounds by will smith the idea of a story is beginning tell them what tell the audience what you're going to tell them middle tell them what it is you're telling them and tell them what you told them conclusion um and so i i i stumbled upon these ideas and then and then began to stumble further uh and realize that uh that you know there and even in the the basic structure of what i learned about a story in grade school was like the the opening the build-up the suspense the climax the the relief or res or not the, or like the resolution um like the rising issue the climax the falling issue the resolution uh like the letdown and then like the or the the, the falling tension like the re like releasing of the tension or like this like this depression this falling into something and then a, resol a resolve a, a conclusion a closure happened upon uh the chaos or the or the tension or the conflict created by the climax and then an ending, a, 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 yeah, finalizing of the story. Um, and so I began to look at works that I, I would want to write from then on of wanting to write a story and writing to write in story format from that perspective of I'm no longer, I, I, I typically would sit there and just let my subconscious or my psyche deliver to me an image, an idea, a thought, a inspiration for how I started poems. Now, I would I would sit there and go, how do plays open up? How do songs open up? How did the Hamilton songs open up? How did how do books open up? What is the what is the first? How how do authors? How do writers? How do people who tell stories, whether it's orally through music, through book, uh, through visual, uh, whether it's the opening image of a movie, um, whatever, how or even. In the context of like how we consume media today, what is a thumbnail of a video on YouTube and the and the text you see as the headline or the caption for the video? You know, trying to really study and meticulously uh, uh, meditate, mull over, dwell on um, people, things that were telling stories and what they did in terms of ones that stood out to me as great pieces of work, what they did as the opening statement of their story to make it feel captivating. And so that brings me back to um, the first line of this poem. It's, it's, it's as if 
you know, I'm trying to set the context of it being a wedding day. And this is what a groom um, elicits from his heart, from his soul and his mind to his bride about his bride. And so I decided with this poem and and I've done this a couple of times with other poems because I like to create this narrative and this POV and this perspective within my poems sometimes as if it's me, the poet, speaking about me in third person. So then what I do is I create the character of it's, it's like it's, I create the character of a narrator and it's almost like the play is about me. And so you're sitting in the audience and you're watching the play. And all of a sudden, there were steps out from behind the curtain every now and then, or between curtains, a narrator comes out, or during the middle of the play, when there's no actual words going on, a narrator comes out. Someone comes out and breaks the fourth wall and speaks directly to the audience, and they're, they're narrating, they're walking you through emotions and, and structuring and storyline and fluidity and linearity of development of events from A to B to C to D and they're speaking to the audience and they're trying to bring more context and more nuance and more sophistication and subtext to the story or maybe more clarity to the story and so with this poem as if you're watching a play on stage of me on my wedding day speaking to my future wife um and that greater meta-narrative then I also the poet who's also in the story first person i also take the position of a third person narrator speaking about himself from outside and speaking to the audience and go as if i was a host of the event as if i was the master of ceremony of the event um and i and i and to set the scene for the event i open with with as if it's a pastor who is about to um officiate the wedding and how they usually do dearly beloved we gather here today etc etc and so i i decided this you know that what what creates a more striking image a more strikingly accurate image of wedding than the 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 verbiage we already use in wedding dearly beloved we gather and so that was i go how do i tell the story this is the meaning it's groom speaking to bride on wedding day ah that's what i'll do i'll use verbiage and terminology and phrasing from actual weddings that you typically hear so that when people hear it they immediately see the wedding dearly beloved we gather with reason of love um to jump ahead a little bit just to to to, to give a little context and comparison the opening line of this poem was supposed to be she is my lightning night sky lighting brightest silver linings and so that was supposed to be the so the video was going to open up it would be me and boom i just jump right and you go and you're it's as if you get dropped into the into the it's, it's as if you showed up to a, a wedding late and you sit down and as soon as you're done uh fumbling and putting your things together and getting situated and finally look up and your ears allow you to actually and eyes and mind and, and gaze and allow you to and demeanor and countenance allow you to focus on what's actually happening at the center of attention of this event you then tune in and you hear the groom giving his part of the vows and as that would be like what it was like if i just started with she is my lightning night sky lighting brightest silver linings it'd be like you missed the whole first 15 minutes of the movie or, or scene or play um, and so I thought, no, 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 no. I want to set the scene. I want them to, f I want the, whoever audiences this poem to feel as if they were invited and they were given the time of the wedding and they showed up before the wedding or on time. And they got to experience every piece of intentionality about this scene, about this movie, about this play, about this song, and are going to experience it in full, um, and so that is why I open with dearly beloved, we gather with reason of love. I am speaking to whoever is deciding to listen to this poem and audience it and 
explaining what what we are doing here. Why did I write this poem? Why am I speaking these words? What is the purpose? What am I about to walk you through? Why are you even um, what are you even about to get into? That was the thinking, the reasoning, the the purposeful intent behind this poem. Um, so yeah, that's why I did it. Uh, and so to and to now go back into a, I guess to touch on the idea of not the idea, the juxtaposition of my definition of love as opposed to uh, my my ideas and preconceived notions and and I and and. And thoughts about love when I wrote this as opposed to now when I'm revising it and I'm about to perform it and uh, my definitions and ideas of love as a younger teenager or, or preteen compared to now me being in my late 20s almost 30 and how that's developed over time I'll just touch on a little bit is um which is more appropriate because if I think about what the first line was supposed to be she is my lightning night sky lighting brightest silver linings uh, in part, those opening lines are ones of, of that, that speak to the idea that, that can be interpreted to speak to the idea of romance and infatuation and, and emotion and that 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 the feelings of of of, of joy and, and fondness and and softness and gentleness that you could usually accompany uh, the first stages of a relationship. Um. And so now that the, that was primarily the way in which I viewed love as uh, adolescent. I viewed love as romance, as infatuation, as cloud nine, as whatever our, our, uh, a person's body, mind and soul, heart, spirit felt in the first days, moments, seconds of a relationship, of a romantic interest. Um, and thankfully, over time, I came to develop an idea of love that was based upon um, longevity and long suffering and forbearance and commitment and one of a mental uh, mental uh, labor, one of um, one of discipline, one of sacrifice, one of even if the even when and if romance isn't there in the moment, the like uh, even if love and romance and feeling and emotion, even if romance, feeling and emotion aren't there, are absent, are not to be accounted for love, which is a, a sacrificial discipline, commitment of mind and person and thought and action. Uh, is still present of I give my I give of myself to this person I stay with this person I am committed to this person um, yeah that so that's kind of the comparison of of where I was to where I am now and so it's only appropriate that the opening line went from this immediate pontification of emotion and ideas of romance and images of vibrancy to which which is appropriate and has its place but to the setting of a wedding of hey 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 it's great to have the courtship stage it's great to have that initial romance stage but let's reel this in and and reset it restructure it in the context of a wedding why because the wedding is the ultimate declaration of i am making a conscious intended intentful decision to set my 
feelings and the structure of a commitment so that even when the feelings aren't there, what I mean when I say I love you is still true in that when the feeling and the romance cannot be accounted for because of difficult seasons or or change in life or for whatever reason of whatever happens to a person, the commitment and the structure of the of the of the decision I made to to marry her and say I love you and I want to marry you and I do commit to this life together um, still stands. And so it goes from the opening line goes from ones of romance and dating and 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 infatuation and emotion to ones of uh this is how i view my love for you this is how i view um the structuring the context the meaning the feeling the the level of seriousness and the degree of severity of of my love for you is that even when these emotions are gone, even when the romance has faded or fades in and out, uh, even when life and tragedy hits, and even when and if um, my emotions are going to want to leave and divorce myself of this and abandon and jump ship um, or eject from this marriage, I will stay and I will uh, weather the storm because... Uh, my love wasn't based upon, wasn't founded in the emotion and the romance. It was based upon the idea of a committed, disciplined, sacrificial statement of I'm not going anywhere. Um, so that's that's kind of that background of my my initial adolescent ideas of love as compared to what love means to me now. Uh, to give a little more, to give another little story, I I remember remember listening to a a person that I follow on YouTube, uh, and them they were doing a Q and A, and someone asked them about marriage and love and romance and etc. And I remember they they asked in response to the, I guess the idea of romance or happiness in marriage and happiness in life. Um, they responded about answering the idea of going into marriage and 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 romance and they basically said the statements um romance is the <laughs> romance is the precursor for children uh the purpose of marriage was never to make us happy uh because because of how of how fragile of how flippant of how um easily jeopardized happiness is it, it, you don't get married to, to for someone to make you happy. You can find happiness in and out. It can fade in and out. But you you ultimately go into marriage um, for number one, for this person to make you better, for you to make for you to become better by virtue of close proximity and and um, a a undividable undivorceable commitment to this person and vice versa like you walk in and go no matter how bad this gets no matter how bad you get i'm not leaving and by virtue of that the hope and the the promise and the the proposed idea there is that person uh when being able to to confront someone else a spouse a significant other with their absolute worst and have that person stay and love and work through with by virtue of that love become a better person and vice versa you become better they become better and that's the that's the 
That's the point of marriage. It's the meaning and the significance and the and the word the the worthfulness of the the making worthy of suffering. That life becomes worth it. That life becomes meaningful. That life becomes significant. That it that 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 there's going to be suffering in life outside of the marriage. But the marriage is also going to be a cause for suffering. But it is worth it because of the degree of meaning and significance and fulfillment that you can find on the other side of that journey, on the other side of that adventure and suffering and heartache and heartbreak and hardship. The degree of of feeling fulfilled and, and significant and meaningful in the existence of your person and the continuation of your existence in life alongside this person um, is worth it. And so I remember thinking, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So up until now, I've looked at love as romance and now I see as happiness and romance, but those things fade in and out. And so if you base it upon those things and that's what you'll get when you see someone go, yeah, we fell in love and then we fell out of love and they turned to a different person and so we got divorced. And so I was no longer happy and so we divorced. And changed my idea from that being a legitimate uh, claim and statement as grounds for, for being able to walk away to um, understanding that uh, that it wasn't legitimate and that it's not um, fair nor uh, wise nor uh, of good of good strategy to approach love like that and marriage like that. Um, and that romance and love, that, that that romance and emotion have their appropriate place and are good things to be enjoyed, um, but are not to be the, the the terminating end of marriage and love. That in fact, um, one is to approach the idea of marriage with the expectation of meaning and significance, with the readiness, with the strengthening of oneself in order to endure and forbear through suffering, under suffering, in hopes that with the promise that on the other side of that suffering, there is a life more meaningful, a life more fulfilled, a life more uh, filled with pleasure and deepness of content and, and vibrancy of the soul and the spirit and the mind uh, found in the fulfillment and significance of I was only a shell and a former version of myself before my spouse. And because of my spouse and this marriage and the hardship that we went through, I am a more fulfilled, more developed, more evolved, uh, more realized version of my potential and of who I could be and who I am and who I'm still becoming. Uh, and, and that means more to me. It 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 brings me more fulfillment and gives me more re it gives it fills me with more reason and desire to live and to go out into the world and to to affect people and to affect things and to 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 live as a light and an example in other people's lives to try to bring them greater comfort and greater teaching and greater light and greater example of um what can be accomplished and what can be um attained when we deal with the hard things of life, the things that bring us to our very knees, that make us cry in agony of wanting to get away from it and uh, dealing with those things in a mature, disciplined, sacrificial, determined, committed manner um, in order to uh, push forward and push past and push on and upward into who we could be if we dealt with those things in a mature manner and, and stuck with the people in our lives that we stood before, uh, stood under, stood by... Uh, stood stood at a wedding altar with 
and said that we would do life with. Um, so yeah, those are the ideas that's kind of the, in, in a very drawn out, what seems to me now to be a, um, a very discombobulated, uh, telling of the first few lines of this, of this poem. That is kind of the background, the context, the setting, some of the psychological background, some of the personal background, some of the, um, some of the ideas and the feelings that I personally have that surround this poem, the opening lines of this poem, uh, and these first few lines. Uh, and so we will continue on from here. Uh, and hopefully I'll try to do this as consistently as possible, if not every day, most definitely every week. Uh, and we will see where it goes from here. And sometime soon in the middle of this, inevitably, I will have good news that I have finally rele finally released the poem uh, and it will be actually be able to be viewed in whole. And so up until the moment of what I've actually accomplished in terms of this breakdown about the poem will be able to be understood in full. And then I will continue on with the rest of the breakdown so that the remainder of the poem can be understood in full and not just as um, a spec as someone who is spectating and having to interpret without uh, the, the, the explainings of the artist, but the ultimate goal and hope for this is that you can that I can heighten and I can heighten and embolden uh, your experience of the poem and the vibrancy of it and give you a more uh, in-depth, sophisticated, nuanced understanding, a more vibrant, lively understanding of the poem uh, by virtue of giving you an explanation. The hope and the f the hope is that. Uh, I don't I don't lessen and reduce the vibrancy and livelihood that I don't uh, take away the the awe and the effect of the poem. What I hope is that I I can bolster and and um and I can bolster and 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 then um, heighten your experience of this poem. So uh, we'll go from there. And if you made it this far in and you're still listening, thank you. I appreciate you. Love you. Uh, and we'll go from there. Until next time.